This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. My name is Nikki Glazer, and I feel overwhelmed about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Well, hello, Conan O'Brien here. That sounded really insincere. Well, hello. I sounded like the movie phone guy. Yeah. Well, hello. Uh, press one. Yeah. Press one for a technology that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> press two for an impression that's way out of date. Um, hey, Conan O'Brien here. Let's let's stop screwing around. We gotta we gotta tighten this thing. Let's be serious. We gotta tighten the bolts on this thing. Uh, welcome to uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Uh, this is my. My side hustle. Um, <laughs> what is happening? It's my side hustle, and I'm having a blast. It's really fun. Uh, I don't know why <laughs> why I'm allowed to do this, but it's just been uh, a joy. And uh, I get to talk to people I really want to talk to and uh, go off on strange tangents, and everyone can see what kind of medication I'm on by just uh, listening to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really been a lot of fun, and I'm joined by my trusty assistant, Sona Movsesian. Hello. Hi. You didn't change your name when you got married, did you? I did not. Did you? Are you tempted at all to change I, your name? I'm thinking about it. if we have kids, you know. What I is mean, when I have kids, mom. Yeah, your mother. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> your mother's going to force, she's going to buy a baby and push it in there. Oh, my God. Oh, oh God. <laughs> what the hell? Sorry, that's what's going on. What? It's not a Thanksgiving turkey. That yeah. awful <laughs> imagery. Oh, yeah. my God. I, I buy the baby, I push it in you. Mom, stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. Mom, that's crazy. Uh, listen. Tack, let's forget I forget I said that, America. We can't, can't for, no, no one I'll can never forget, forget that. No. Sona, what is Tack's last name? Boroyan. And your last name is Movsesian. Yeah, we're two Armenians. Yes. It's just, a, it's the I-A-N at the end. It's, that's always the rule, right? Well, yeah. his is Y-A-N. Oh. Oh, and Wait, you managed- and a twist. You, and you managed to- <laughs> 
to you managed to bridge that massive cultural divide. <laughs> Isn't hey, that a is Lando Calrissian in Armenia? We pretend he is. I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't think about yeah. that. We pretend. Hey, I got to introduce you now that you've piped up with your Star Wars trivia. <laughs> yeah, Matt Gorley here, our uh, faithful producer. Yeah, it, no question. Always has been. Yeah, but really? <laughs> I know. No, you do a good job. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I <clears throat> I had, uh, you know, sometimes regrets about the first season. Was I too hard on Matt Gorley? Yes. Oh, you God. are a good guy. You are too. You um, don't have regrets ever. No, no, I don't. No. What I, are you talking about? Well, we will hear in this episode that you get up at 3 a.m. to pee and, and something from three oh. years ago bothers you. Yeah. Okay. We didn't hear that yet. So why would you bring it up? Because it's a little teaser. Yeah, what a great producer you are. I'll reference the thing that hasn't happened yet. This is a Tarantino-structured plot podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, um, I, uh, I I don't mean it. I don't think I was too hard on you last season. I was reading off a piece of paper that my lawyer typed up for me. I think I need to be even harder on you this season. No. And how is your mom, Winifred? Welford. Mm, same thing. Not the same thing. Two different yeah, names. Two different names. Pretty yeah. close. Nope. Close enough. Well, close. okay. Really? How are you, Pigeon Pie? Oh, that's low. That's, that's not my, low. That's my mom's nickname for me, I Pigeon know. Pie. I like it. Oh, Pigeon Pie. She still calls me Pigeon Pie when Does I call home. Does she call all of you Pigeon Pie because yes. she can't remember your names? <laughs> yeah. There's too many of you. Yeah. She would always, when we were growing up, and this is a common thing, but there were six of us. And if my mom, if I did something that irritated my mom, she'd go, come on, Neil, Luke. She would go through different (laughs) genders before she would get to Conan. Welford would do that, but she'd do it with the cats. It's Winifred. It's Welford. It's Winifred. It's Welford. Okay. To the cats. Bartholomew and Cicero? No, Mama Chid. Eustatius? Wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what? What's your cat's name? Well, we had, I'm embarrassed to admit this. We had. You're not embarrassed to admit anything. That's true. You're wearing a cuckoo clock on your head. (laughs) You're loading, you are loading the gun for I know, I'm stepping in. All right, so what, what's the cat's name? Well, we had over 30 cats and they all died <gasps> premature deaths. What? Because they just all got hit by cars, but one ate a black widow and one fell off a wall. But the point is, oh my God. Mama Chid was the name of one. What kind of name is that? It was a name that my youngest brother, who's when his baby, same way I got the name Monty, just said Mama Chid and it stuck. Mm-hmm. So she had a lot of babies, so that's why she was named Mama Chid. Are you hired throughout the whole season? How do we, how does it, if I wanted to fire you now, what would happen? Would you have to get paid off? They tried to contract me for two more years, and I said, just give me a year because we might need to reassess who this. Tra- who, wait a minute. Yeah. Who tried to contract well, you the for- the powers that be. Well, why aren't I included in that discussion? I don't know. What kind of You get contracts? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm like episode for, by episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sona's that's money, the smart way. Sona's money, is le- Sona's money is left in a bag, <laughs> and we tell her it's on the third floor of the parking structure at Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and two times there hasn't even been money in there. We we just put just hot cheddar Doritos, and she was perfectly happy. Handed to her by Hal Holbrook. Yeah. Well, I think we're off to a fine start to this show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a good show. It's going to be a great one. That's right. It is. Very excited mm-hmm. about uh, our guest. She's hilarious. Uh, she really makes me laugh. My guest uh, today is a very funny comedian who currently hosts the daily radio show You Up with Nikki Glazer. <laughs> On Sirius XM, she always makes me laugh. She makes me laugh hard, too. I love her. Yeah, uh, and uh, very excited to talk to her today. Nikki Glazer in the house. Doesn't that make me sound young? Mm-mm. Okay, sorry, Nikki. Opposite. I can't 
comprehend being friends with you. It just, there's too many feelings about it. Really? It's just, it, let's explore those, shall we? Yeah. I mean, you mean so much to me. Like you're the reason I do comedy. I, oh. And I've told you that every time I do your show, I can't even not, I can't not say it because it's just a dream come true. And it's kind of what I always aspired to do was be in your sphere. Oh, and wow. then I, and I am now. And it's like, what, how did this happen? It's just one of those moments for me. I'm sure you've had them. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I never did. No, I do. Of I, course. I do, but it's so funny because we all uh, <clears throat> we all disqualify ourselves. So I have that all the time when I meet these people. It makes sense to me because, you know, that's Steve Martin. That's Carol Burnett. That's Bob Newhart. That's, you know, uh, I could just go on and on and on. Yeah. And then I'm me. So how did this happen? But then uh, when comedians who I, uh, people who I really like, like you and respect, when they say it to me, I think, well, it doesn't work that way. Right. I think we all are really good at excluding ourselves yes. in that situation. And probably that's a defense mechanism or something. But I just think, no, it doesn't quite work that way. I, I just think there's a magical thing that happens when you grow up watching somebody. Yeah. Does, I, that, does that make sense? Of course. I, I completely agree with that because I feel like, but I will say I grew up also watching Saved by the Bell and it was very formative in my, in my life. <laughs> but if I f- met Zach Morris, f- it wouldn't have be the <laughs> same. What did you do time. that for? It we be, had a really nice thing going. But I'm saying it's not, it won't be the same. I'm impotent now. You just made me, well, you made me more impotent. I was impotent before. <laughs> You're on the same level as Screech. No. Yeah. No way. No, That's but the I like, thing is, like, I, I, when I, I, I was exposed to comedy as right. a kid and good comedy, but until I found your show, I didn't, it wasn't something, it just clicked for me when I saw your show. And it was like, oh, this is something that's speaking to me. And, 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 and I, I just, I, I just felt like so personally affected by your comedy and my friends, the friends that I, my best friends, my funniest friends also were like, what is this? It just felt so special. And, and you're the funniest person that exists. Like to me, you're the fun. I know that you're the whole room. I don't really sweet. You are. You're the funniest person alive. And I've always said that. And it's, it wasn't just as a child. I watched you on being interviewed by Anderson Cooper the other day. (laughs) I, I can't even believe how funny it was. I was crying in bed already before I watched it, but then I watched it (laughs) (laughs) crying more. It was so good. You're still at the top of your game. And, um, and I, I had good taste when I was in whenever the eighth grade, when I discovered you and I still have good taste well uh that's the nicest thing anyone said to me i think in my life and it's i'm married true. <laughs> <laughs> you it's think true though well, every comedian says that about you everyone knows it it's just it, it might not get right. to you because here's the thing is that no one compliments celebrities because everyone thinks they're getting compliments all day but the thing is everyone doesn't say anything to them because they're they think everyone else is. So they walk around and no one compliments them as much as they need to be complimented. You need to be complimenting celebrities. Don't ever think they don't want to hear how much you love them. We are desperate for you it. Know it's it is. why we do this. Invade my privacy. Please. Tell me those really nuanced, nice things in front of people. Please. Yes. I've often cited meeting you and being around 
challenge you when girls come up to me and they're like shaking and they're like, I love you so much. And I'm like, I get it. You, my friends and I were obsessed with you in high school. It was part of my identity in high school that I was the girl that loved Conan O'Brien. I would, um, I had your books in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. I would highlight the best jokes and study the jokes. And I learned joke writing from you. I used to watch, um, your fifth anniversary special. We had taped it and I watched it over and over. I was obsessed. I mean, there are so many things that me and my friends still quote to each other. I, I asked last time I did your show, I asked my friend to send me a bunch of like notes that we would send because we would draw you all the time. And we were obsessed with all the characters. That's funny because just... I draw me all the time. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> it's really sick. It's true. You do. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. It's really. Uh, wow. Okay. I was into oh Dave Matthews God. and Conan. Look at that. Oh, yeah. right on the God. table. I, I drew it there, yeah. Oh, I yeah. There's a doodle on the table. I always draw myself and I'm always <laughs> saying a true narcissist only draws himself. And I leave those places like a. a just, I know it's my, it's my thing. That's how I tag. It's your Zorro. Yeah. Whenever I'm doodling, it's just. <laughs> my name and I'm like what a narcissist like, what are you gonna do how I yeah. of course uh, well this is incredibly sweet uh, and making me uh, borderline uncomfortable so I know, I'm sorry. we've got to switch it away we've yes. got to switch it away to uh, you know how I look and how good I look <laughs> uh, you probably I work out more than you think isn't that true? You, know, you definitely work out a ton. I work out a You're lot. You're so fit. I'm very fit. And, uh, you know, I know I'm self-deprecating about uh, my penis, but we've had it fixed. Ew. <laughs> it's been fixed. Why are you looking at me? like? Because I, you were the one that I made drove the me. You no. drove me. <laughs> to the penis. You drove me to the clinic. <laughs> what was the issue? Uh, it just, you don't want to even, we don't, we can't get into this. And I brought it up, but there were nine different problems. <laughs> And they were, the doctor said, this is a mess. And then he was in there for, he was, that was Hours. a, yeah, it was a six hour surgery. You were very nice to drive me home afterwards. Yeah, I sat, I sat outside waiting for yeah. hours while you got your penis fixed. <laughs> so I want to talk about you because you, you, uh, been on my show many times. You're always, always hilarious. You, uh, one of my favorite things are comedians that can draw up a visual image that is both mm. shocking and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. And you made this joke on my show that immediately mm. blew up everywhere. And I know that you've probably made the joke other places too, but it just punched a hole through yeah. late <laughs> night at the time where you were being very self-deprecating about your body. Yeah, uh, about my uh, vagina that uh, needs to be fixed. You were talking about how you're, yeah, your vagina <laughs> needs to be fixed. I guess we all do it, but you came up with this image and I, I everybody was laughing so hard. We were like, shocked but also laughing so hard because it was such great writing oh do you thanks. know what I mean thank you I don't know if you can repeat it now yeah yeah I was waiting for you to say it but I, I can't. That would be you can't you I really can't. can't I said that my vagina I've got a lot going on down there and it re resembles a hastily packed suitcase <laughs> <laughs> and I said I know I just, I'm not alone there's a lot of bitches in the audience late, late for their flights too <laughs> but I was just I mean it was just uh, yeah to me, it was also it was there's so many things that that you could have said hastily packed. Yeah, is so I mean, it's such a it's just a great uh, I'm not going to say it's a great image, but, but it's but it was so it was such great writing. Thank and I you. thought, oh my God. Uh, no, no, but seriously, that's that's uh, I, I do think there are people there are ways and people used to 
maybe say, oh, you can't work blue. And I think, no, you can talk about very intimate things. You can be blue. It's how you do it yes. because there can be so much intelligence behind it. Yeah. And there can be, I mean, and also just for me, it was just, you were opening up this world of women and how they think about themselves. Mm -hmm. Men have dominated, you know, the comedy landscape so long and talking about their penises as I just did. And you were like, no, this is what we're talking about right now. And it was, it, I don't know. It really reverberated. Well, (laughs) also uh, my vagina does reverberate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's so much. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, well, first of all, I want to say that that means a lot to me because I even, as you were talking about, like just choosing the right words and writing a joke, you said something to Anderson Cooper the other day that I had to rewind because I was like, I want to know exactly that word selection was so funny. And how did he just come up with that on the spot? He had like a little bit of a beard. Yeah, he was bragging about his vacation beard, which looked... It looked like a fine dusting of white. It was, and I think he'd been growing it for six weeks. You said it looked like he gently dipped his chin in a sugar bowl. Yeah, that's what it looked like. (laughs) It was so funny. And the funny thing was that someone on, I I had come across the clip on, I follow the Conan subreddit of like, you know, just fans of Conan. It's one of the things that I'm into. And they posted and they're like, everyone's got to watch this. And then someone had quoted what you had said about his chin being dipped in a bowl of sugar and I go I don't feel like that was his wording so I went back to watch and I was like and then I corrected him underneath it to be like no you got to get the wording right it was so perfect so I appreciate that thank you thank you for cleaning that up on the internet yeah I just but I um the vagina thing I what it was really hard for me to admit that kind of thing about myself because it has been it's something girls hate their vaginas. They like most women hate their vaginas. That's what I mean. I don't want to get too blue here, but that's there's this whole thing of like um, girls. Some men think that girls don't like oral sex and because they're like, no, 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 I'm, I don't want that. And it's because we are ashamed of what we look like down there. We think you're going to make fun of us and like roast beef sandwich or whatever. What? And so we all. Yeah, that's what guys. What kind of oh, pillow talk is that? We hear it. Yeah. Sona, are you, I'll you, jump in. I'll jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I right. think you have to, Sona, because we can't really. You're right. I mean, I, I will. I think I watched the vagina monologues years ago mm. and they were like, everybody has to look at their vagina. Mm. And then I think that night I looked at it for the first time. And I'm like, I don't want to ever look at that. I didn't want to either. Yeah. It was not. It's just uh, there's a lot there. Yeah. And it's not appealing. Right. And it should. We shouldn't feel that way. But. I, I still have anxiety about it. Whenever I'm with someone new, I'm like, are they going to hate me? Are they going to like just throw up on me and leave me in the woods? Like, I just feel like. The, Wait, just, well, why the are you in the woods? Why were you know. in the Why was this happening in the woods? I'll buy you we a house, camping. for God's sake. We oh, okay. I have, I have a question. Do you, when you go to the gym, do you sneak a peek at other vaginas? Yeah, I do. I do too. Oh, and I got a method for it. So like when, because you'll get caught just yeah. looking. Yeah. So when you blow dry your hair, put your head through your legs and then you have a low line of sight that no one can see, but you have the whole landscape of the whole area. No one can see you looking from... from I'm trying to figure out how I can use... How can I use that technique to peer at other people? I don't think that's going to work for me. 
That's, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot here. And that well, makes me feel so much better because you see other girls, we don't see other girls' vaginas and then once you, except in porn, and that's where you get the insecurity that your yeah. vagina's not perfect because yeah. porn, porn vaginas are perfect. And then you look around at Equinox and you're like, these, I like it because the women are rich and I'm like, you can't fix it either, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, so let's, uh, let's take this general theme. Yeah. And you're let's so pivot. Well, isn't if I was really comfortable right now, wouldn't that no. be a problem? Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen Conan this into it. Uh, this relaxed. Yeah, this relaxed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. but but you know what? No, but but sorry. no, no, no. Don't be sorry because this is talking about something. It's interesting to me that to be in comedy. I mean, this is an observation that many people have made. I'm just sort of reasserting it. But to be in comedy and to be really good at what you do, why is it that it seems to be necessary that we have this bad self-image about ourselves? It seems to almost be required. I know. I mean, and I, every time, there's been several times in my life where I've heard a really brilliant comedy person's hit the scene and I go and check them out. And if they're too good looking, I say, eh, I don't think so. There's and then later on, I'm usually right. I'm trying to think of an yeah. exception that proves the rule, but we're not supposed to be like perfect looking. No. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's the thing I struggle with the most is just, um, yeah, my appearance. And, and I was, I felt ugly as a, a kid and yeah. as a, in high school and I had a really beautiful sister and beautiful friends. And I just felt like not seen and I felt so angry about it. I just didn't understand why some people got it and I didn't, but it made me realize that's why I'm funny. It's like, I was thought if I'm ever going to get attention, I have to develop a personality. Right. And so I attribute it to being funny, but it's still, it's so, it's hard. I just did the roast of Alec Baldwin on Saturday night and, um, you know, I've never looked better. There was like hours and hours that went into how I looked and and I was trying to look my best because I got called ugly all night. Like everything that everyone goes, you're not ugly, Nick, you're so beautiful. And I've worked hard to like figure things out to feel good enough about myself. And I don't think I'm ugly by any stretch, but um, then I sat there all night (laughs) and got called ugly in a lot of different ways. And it wouldn't have hurt because some jokes don't, go over. Like if they said, I'm not funny, the audience is just like, well, no, we just saw her. She is. But then when they tell a joke where I'm ugly and everyone laughs, it, it hurts. No, but you have, see, this is the thing where you have set that up. You have done that. Yeah, you're right. You set that up as your, uh, this is my, you know, this is my comedy trope is, uh, and, and you have, over and over again, reinforce that because you've done that successfully and people make that joke and it hurts. Yeah, it really hurts. It was. That's too bad. It, it, it does. Because I wish it, I wish you understood that it, that they're doing it because they've heard you do it. That helps me actually. And I haven't considered that. So you saying that right now just helped me. totally why they do it. Well, it doesn't feel that way because they they say things that I haven't even said publicly yet where I'm like, maybe no one notices this thing. And then they say it. And I'm like, oh, no, everyone notices that. Like, for instance, I went up and I was sitting next to Blake Griffin all night. He was on the, the roast as well, the, the basketball player. Mm-hmm. And um, all my jokes were about how much I want to have sex with him. And just right, like right. and then he gets up and is just like 
I would all of his jokes, not knowing what my jokes were going to be, were like, I would never consider that. And like, oh, you look like Larry Bird. Like, what? it was just like, uh, oh, it was, it, that's Jesus. the spirit of the night. I mean, that's what no, is happening. No, I know, and, and, I know. But, but it just was like, I have to sit next to this person all night that I just admitted, like, having a crush on, essentially. <laughs> and this person just said, I looked like Larry Bird and that I couldn't pass for 33. And like, all these things that I'm just like, oh my God. Like uh, it was, it was truly, it didn't, the first time I did the roast wasn't, I was 32. You can say I look old, whatever. I'm not, I'm 32, 35 though. It's what has changed three years, but something's changed. And it like, it's, I've done three of them now. And I'm like, I don't know if I can keep doing this because it really does. um, It's, it, 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 it affects me the, the week after the week after for sure. But then, you know, it's, it, it was bad for a while. It was bad for well, guess me what? last year. Here's the here's the thing is that, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm I promise you this, Blake Griffin or any of the people making those jokes, they don't actually think they're getting to you. Yeah, they I know. don't. And I just they like don't. I don't think the jokes are getting to the people that I made right them about exactly. Yeah. And and I think that's I've never enjoyed. Uh, uh, I'm not built to roast people. I don't enjoy it. I actually can do it at work if I'm. If I'm feeling like, uh, if I feel really mm-hmm. comfortable with somebody, um, I can mm-hmm. go on a long run, as you know, Sona. But I really don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No. And, if I, yeah. and, if, and if I find out that I hurt somebody's feelings, I mean, over the years, occasionally I would like tell a monologue joke and someone's feelings would get hurt and they would write me. <sighs> and I remembered uh, telling a joke. I think I made some joke about Aaron Spelling. I wasn't even thinking about it, but I, I made some joke about Aaron Spelling. And, you know, he had like 75,000 hit shows at the time. Yeah. And I said, oh, it was today was, you know, tonight was Aaron Spelling's birthday. Uh, he celebrated with his family by watching a really crappy night of television, you know? And it was just like some joke about Aaron Spelling. <laughs> yeah. It was a little quip that throw away. And I got this letter from him saying it was my birthday and I was watching your show. And I <sighs> didn't sleep for two nights. Yeah. I wrote him a letter uh, I said, I'm really sorry. I said, you're in the public eye. And I made a joke and I didn't think about it. It really, I mean, like, I think I ran a fever. I yeah. really do think I ran a fever because if I find out I've hurt someone's feelings, my skin burns. I felt so terrible. Then, of course, he he called me up and he was like, you're the greatest guy ever. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, but then I thought, are you just writing these letters to everybody <laughs> so that they call so that they call you? Because <laughs> then yeah. he overreacted the other way and I thought, have I been played a little bit? Right. But then I later on met him and he was really nice to me. And But you're so confident and you're so funny. And then, you, you know, it's, I think, important that we're all in the mud together and we're trying to still figure it out. And then, doesn't matter how many specials you've had or how much success you've had. It's, mm-hmm. Your feelings are getting hurt. Yeah. And you're you're a really, you know, you're doing these roasts. So some of that's on you. Yeah, stop doing absolutely. these. I got to stop doing them. But I, I I appreciate that. And and I know that's the thing is like I, I see what I put out there and I see how many girls are empowered by what I say and what I do and how I hold myself. And, and, and but then again, I cry on radio sometimes because I'm like, I'm feeling ugly. Today. Like I'm very open about my insecurities. Um, but I feel like a lot of times thinking of me as this like strong, confident girl is like, I just feel like a fraud sometimes. And then there, but there are sometimes that I, I do feel that way about myself. It just changes with my hormones. I think if you, Oh, I get that. You know, like some days I'm just like the other day I seriously 
was like crying and being like, I hope I get hit by a car. Like I was just yeah. having a bad day. I was like, what is going on with me? I need to be hospitalized blood. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my period every yeah. month I feel that way. And I never see it coming. Yeah. But in then other days I feel sorry to bring no. it back to my no, vagina. I, but I, I, just, I cried during Jerry Springer a week ago Yeah, and it was on mute. And I saw a woman <laughs> being confronted by her husband <laughs> who he Why? cheated on her with. And she was crying and yelling at him. And I was like, Oh my God, he really hurt her. And I just yeah. started crying. Yeah. Were and my you, husband was like, what is happening? Yeah. Th- this happens. Uh, wow. It's such it's a so cliche fun. thing. No, but oh, you know, she's what, on her period, but it's real, man. But you know what? Yeah. No, it is real. It is. I just wish that men had, we don't have, because I do think we have similar uh, ranges. It, I don't know. I can't say that it's this same extreme. I, I can't even say, I don't know. All I can tell you is that I get worried that uh, I haven't, someone's displeased with me. And <sighs> uh, that's a big thing I got to uh, work on. You, you know just what? want everyone to like you. Uh, I'm getting better at it, yeah. but, and I sometimes convince myself, I don't care. Right. Okay, well, whatever, fuck it. They don't like me. That's their problem. I like me. And then 10 minutes later, but why don't they like me? Yeah. It's just this. Why? But why wouldn't they? Uh, I've murdered. <laughs> I've murdered repeatedly. <laughs> Mostly Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I defy you that to find- That was you. Yes. That was you. Yes. All the murders. All the murders in the Pacific Northwest. You know what's great is you can just reference murder in the Pacific Northwest and people are like, yep, probably did. <laughs> There's so much open space there. There really is. And you just put a body and whatever. Maybe they find it. Maybe they don't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? What's your problem? I love murder. I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. And I'm very capable of it. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching, you can go hiking in Yosemite, and then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want, they got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, 
They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. in today so and i was thinking about just how much has changed over the years yeah you know when i was a kid we were all dancing the jitterbug and the watusi okay. and then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo there's this new thing called rap i don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore but guess what in a world full of change there's one thing that hasn't changed mm-hmm. the great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Um, your documentary because it it made me see that you weren't what I thought. <laughs> like like you are insecure and driven and, and a workaholic and yeah. all of these things that I am too and I'm wanting to be you and I'm like oh even when you achieve all of those things it doesn't seem oh, to get that's my whole I, better. I swear to- Doing the roast the other night I was like I had a great set. I killed, like, everything was great. I could not enjoy myself. I went first. I had a great set. Everyone was just like, couldn't have gotten more compliments. Everything that I wanted in that moment. But I realized I forgot to do two jokes. Yeah. That were my, two of my favorite jokes. And I was just like, I can't believe, I couldn't let it go. And it's over, Nikki. You can't go back. There's no reason to even worry about this right now. But I'm trying to enjoy the show. You're on camera processing what just happened and trying to laugh at everyone else. And I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. And I was so, everyone's texting me. They're in the audience. Great job. And I'm like, I forgot two jokes. And they're like, what are you talking about? I I went to the after party. I was just staring at the floor, like listlessly just going over. How could I forget those? And 
but it's pointless. I can't yeah. go back. What is the issue? And I'm like, maybe there will be another Alec Baldwin roast that I can do those. It's just, it was, I, I ruined this, my yeah. night. I ruined the best one. Could have been one of the best nights of my life. You, you know, and I ruined it. What's weird too is I have the same thing, but what will happen is three years later, literally three years later, I'll, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I'll get up in the middle of the night to like urinate and I will go into the, you know, bathroom urinate and I'm sitting there and I'm in an undefended moment at three in the morning. And I'll remember that I forgot to do those two jokes and I'll go shit out loud. <laughs> and my wife will be like, what, 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 what? And wow. I'll be like, no, no, no. And I can't explain because if I told her, I just remembered that three years ago I was doing something and it was going really well. And then I forgot to do the one joke that really would have made it great. And that's why I said shit out loud, out loud. <laughs> as if uh, a little door had opened in the bathroom and a little man had come out and stabbed me in yeah. the knee. <laughs> I said it with that much intensity. I can't say that because she would leave. She it's would divorce crazy. me. She would say, yeah. Yeah, it, that's the other night when I was just so upset about it and I couldn't even celebrate even a little bit. And- I just sounded crazy to everyone that came yes. up to me. I, yeah. I, I just, cause I could not talk about it still. Right. Um, and, and everyone was just like, what? And I go, why am I doing this for a living? If this was supposed to be the best feeling of, this is as good as it gets in terms of, I, I couldn't have hoped for anything better and I can't enjoy it. So what, what is the point? I should just retire right. and rescue birds. <laughs> Get a bird rescue. Birds are assholes. I kind of like them a lot. No. Um, I really like to explore that moment when people realize uh, in comedy that this is their thing. When did you know? Because for me, it was process of elimination. It was, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. And you talk about, well, my sister's the pretty one. I'm not the yeah. pretty one. And I went through process of elimination. I'm, I'm not as smart as my brother Luke. I'm not as strong as my brother Neil. I'm not, I just went through all this big list and then I whittled it down to <laughs> literally like, I can, I can do this. Yeah. So I guess we have to start working on this. That's totally what happened to me. It was, I just knew I wanted to be on TV in some way. How old way. were you? I think it was like fifth or sixth grade. Like it was early on, but I was so scared to perform. I had yeah. such anxiety about it. I used to have to, um, class presentations, I would have to go do them during recess just in front of the teacher because I just shook in front of the class so much and my voice would quiver and my whole body would shake and I would I would pick out um, things to present. I would find ways that the class wouldn't have to see me. So all of my presentations would be like glow in the dark so that the <laughs> lights could be cut so that I could just present this like... Like thing welcome, in the welcome our special guest, Miss Bag on her head. <laughs> yeah, Hi, everybody. <laughs> and, and so I was just I didn't know what I was going to do because I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to do plays and perform, but I just I couldn't get over the the stage fright. And my parents were going to like take me to a specialist, and then I was really depressed about it. Um, and then I like. I got an eating disorder, a pretty severe eating disorder, my um, senior year of hmm. uh, high school. And that was, I think it was just my way of being like, I just want to die kind of, because also I thought some of the roles I wasn't getting because I was a little chubby. So I just had a diet, the diet got out of control. I got really, really sick, Did hospitalized. You, so your, your family knew, they, they knew what was going on because some people are, 
they don't understand eating disorders. A lot of people don't understand eating yeah. disorders, but a lot of parents don't really know what's happening in that right. moment. And they're not on it. Did they, were they on it? Did they know what was going on? No, I was such a liar and so sneaky. And of course they did, but they didn't want to face the f- facts that their daughter was like dying in front of them. It was just too much for them to handle. Uh-huh. And, and so eventually the school had to get involved and I was just so sick that I was literally going to die. So I was hospitalized and, um, and I can, I lied my way. It was, I had to go to college in, in the, uh, in the fall. And this was the summertime I was hospitalized. It happened really quick. And, um, and I did not want to stay in a hospital obviously, cause they were like making me eat. So I ate enough to just like convince everyone that I was going to get out. But I, so I got to go to college and I was still in my disease, still tricking everyone, still planning mm. on like losing more weight and just like ending it. And, um, and then I go to school and I went to a school. I, I didn't go with any friends from high school. And, um, and the only way for me to make friends was I looked so scary. I looked so, so scary. And everyone was worried about me. The only way to make friends was to be huge and be like really funny. And so I just developed a personality that I just hadn't before. I mean, I was always funny with my group of friends, but I wasn't out outspoken. And I just became more, I just became so funny that people started, um, just so that they wouldn't be worried about me. And then people started telling me like, you should be a stand up comedian. Like you're really funny. And as soon as I heard that, I hadn't even considered that. And then I Googled like Sarah's or a stand up comedian female. Cause I didn't even pay attention to stand up. Mm-hmm. And I saw Sarah Silverman and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I would, I would watch her on your show and the way she made you laugh. I was like, this is, there's something here. And, um, like, uh, I remember one time. Have you told her this by the way? I I don't think I've gotten a chance to, I'm just, she's, yeah, she, when I first started standup, I was just like, what would Sarah Silverman write? So I just Mm -hmm. wrote in her voice. I was obsessed with her and she's informed so much of who I am today. But, um, then I did, I did one stand up set my freshman year of college and um and it went so well and felt so good that I was like oh then this is what I'm going to do forever like I called my dad I was like I want to drop out of school this is what I'm going to do I know I'm good at it I know it was finally something I was like better than most at it was like my thing and um and it saved my life because I I legitimately like wanted to die. I was like, I can't be an actress. I want to be on TV. I know that that's my calling. I, I'm not talented enough to do it. I'm not going to be a teacher. I'm not going to be a mom. I'll, I'll kill myself before those things. And so I was like pretty much killing myself. And then that was the first time I was like, Oh, I guess I have a reason to like eat or figure to beat this illness. It wasn't as easy as that of like, Oh, now I can eat now, but it gave me the, initiative to say, okay, how do I figure out how to not die from this? And so then I went and got help myself. Are you still getting help for that? Yeah, I, I, I get a lot of, I still struggle with it because it just stays with I, you. I don't, I don't, because I think, eating. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you like. You can't just quit. Right. It's, uh, it's an, it's, it's an ongoing process, but. Yeah, it, it comes and goes and it definitely comes and goes with, you know, it's all about control and just feeling you, it's the only thing you can control when you can't control anything else. And so I, I no longer want to die from it, but it's still something that I use as a means to get like high 
or to punish myself mm-hmm. or to control to control things. But right. it's not the same as it was back then, which was like I didn't know how to eat. Like right. I couldn't and I wanted to die from it every night. I would just because it was miserable. You're just hungry all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, when you get like a little hungry, how annoying you are, like I was just starving and I didn't know how to eat. And I was like, this sucks and I can't ever eat again. So I was just every night I would go to sleep and be like, please, can I not wake up? It was just horrible. So I ne- I don't feel that way anymore. So I feel like I've beaten it in a sense. But the food issues will always be there as yeah. they are with everyone. Yeah. It's that the more you think, look at it, it's like everyone's got something. And so w- with food, it's just too, it's too much. But anyway, but yeah, comedy like rescued me. You know, I, I feel like lis- listening to you, what I can relate to is, uh, first of all, I, I legitimately <laughs> hate hearing someone be in that kind of pain. Like, yeah. so I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm well, really, thank you. I'm really sorry that you went through that. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you're here and you're much better. Yeah. <laughs> really just yeah. happy about that. Thanks. And that makes me happy. Uh, I will say that when I hear you talk about it, what I can, what resonates with me is I always had a similar thing of it's gotta be my voice. Yes. And I think that's what you're talking about yeah. is, for a long time, you thought, "I've how can I be one of the cats in the in the play Cats?" Yeah, uh, you know, because that's so you, uh, <laughs> you know, and and um, uh, and it's just listening to you. It's so clear to me that you just it took you, and I think it takes a long time for people to figure out when it's just your voice. And there's this misconception. Uh, oh, Nikki Glaser or Conan O'Brien, they'd be they'd have been the class clown. No, we're not class no. clowns. I always say the class clown dies in a motel shootout. You know? <laughs> we don't, we're, we're, I was in the back of the room watching Ugh. some asshole get up on a desk and set the clock back an hour, or ahead an hour or whatever. Yes. Why would he set it back an hour? <laughs> <laughs> he was an overachieving class clown. Oh, I'm a dick and I want to work longer. Daylight saving. Yeah. <laughs> he was just trying to be helpful. I really want to know geography. Uh, and I'm an asshole. Um, yeah. It was- and, and so, yeah, I, I just, I, I think, I, I always thought that's not me. And, and hearing you talk and hearing so many people talk that I've had a chance to talk to about this stuff, you know, and if, whether it's you know, Bill Hader or anybody, they're not the class clown. No. They're in the back and their friends know they're funny. Their really good friends know they're funny, yeah. but they're terrified of getting up in front of people. And I kind of respect that. I do respect people that are, it should scare the shit out of you to get up in front of people. It should feel like the most important thing in the world. Yeah. And to this day, if I just, if people say, hey, it'd be really nice if you got up before this small dinner and said a little something, Oof. I am petrified. Yeah. I, I'm racing through my head. Yeah. I have the will to do it and get up, but I do think being scared beforehand is some of the secret sauce. Yes. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't get scared doing stand up anymore. But do not. I don't want to. I don't want to give a wedding toast. I don't want to have. To, I I really flub in those moments. Like I bomb, and the the expectations are always so high, and I can't for whatever reason. I think I put off p- preparing for it because I'm like I'll just be sincere and funny in the moment, and I've right. I've often bombed at weddings. Um, pretty severe <laughs> one time. 
um, my best friend's wedding. When I when I met my best friend in college, the first night we met, I stopped her. We were on a walk. We were like, let's just go leave this frat party and go walk down this block. And a block in, I just knew this was going to be my best friend for my life. So I go, I just have to say, our kids are going to know each other. That's how much I just, yeah. I know that. And that's so far away. And then, um, so I told that story at her wedding and I go, um, but uh, it's not going to happen um, actually because I'm barren. And it just, it just like, it's not funny. It's not even, it just sat there and I'm not, but I don't know if I, I think, I'm sorry. I think that's kind of funny. It was, I mean, I, it's funny if you're, yeah, you know. Yeah. It was like, and, and, and it would have happened, Catherine, and I would have looked forward to it, but it won't because I'm barren. And, and, <laughs> barren and is such too, it's, it's sort so, of an antiquated, no one says yeah. barren anymore. <laughs> I am Barren. barren. And so um, it just bombed so bad. And she was the only one that laughed, but it was just so humiliating because everyone was like, the comedian's getting up. And then at my sister's wedding, I told a story about how she was my younger sister, but she had always resonated to me as like a, an older sister. She was the first one to kiss a boy and have sex and and put. she taught me how to wear makeup. And she knew that Santa Claus wasn't real before I did. She was the one that told me like, he's not real. There were children at this uh, reception oh. that I gave this toast at, and they—that's when they found out Santa wasn't real. They all there was crying children in the bathroom. After and then you speech. then you panicked and and did your vagina hunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what it looks like, kids. I'm bare. It's a hastily packed suitcase, kids. Kids, where are you going? I love you starting to lose the kids on Santa Claus, and so you you panic. <laughs> <laughs> you go for it. Here's an image. <laughs> Come back here. Wow. Uh, this has been, this has been fantastic. This Thank has been you. great. Thank you. This has been so fun. Um, no, really, uh, just a delight to have you here. And thank you for being hilarious, but also really honest. And, and it does help. It really does help people. You're helping a lot of people when you tell them yeah. what you've gone through. Well, thank because you. Because there are a lot of, uh, and, and, you know, I like, I'd like us to get to a point in society where we're not talking about, here's the funny guys and who are the funny women and let's list the funny women and here's the funny men and be nice to get to who are the funny people. And we will get there. It's, yes. it's a, it's, yes. it's a, it's a March, but we will get there. Um, and I do think you're helping a lot of people when you tell them, this is what I went through. Yeah. Cause it's letting them in in a really great way. I can't even tell you. I, I forgot. There were multiple times during this interview that I forgot that I was talking to you and you're just a regular person. So I appreciate you being so cool to, to, to me. I just can't believe you're just so great. This isn't going to air. And I've air. learned so. This, I Nikki, don't, this just, won't just, air. Please. <laughs> Conan, just accept it. You, anyone out. listening. But I've. Uh, I aspire to be a talk show host. I host my own radio show. I, 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 I've learned so much from you watching you interact with, I, I love your interviews. That's so much, such a part of the show that you would usually skip on other people's and yours. It's like my favorite part. It's, um, and it's just an honor to like be on your couch when I'm, at your place and <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm on your show. Uh, let's clean that up a little bit. No, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's always such an honor. It's just, it's, it's wild to me that I've achieved this. It's, it's like, I could quit now and be um, completely fine with everything because this is uh, truly a dream come true. Please don't cut this. Okay. I won't cut it. Thank you. But we'll put uh, fart noises. In. <laughs> uh, Nikki Glazer, thank you so much for being here and let's do this again. I'd love it. 
You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com/conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com/conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. <laughs> I was telling people, no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com. Slash Conan. All right, gang, it's time to review the reviewers. These are the Apple podcast reviews for this show. And uh, we're going to dive into some of them if you want. Have you read these ahead of time? Are you just going to blindly start... I've read them. Ahead of okay. Time. But All you, right. you just don't want to get anything that could be... No, I'm, I'm okay... I tend to go towards the negative, but I'm going to try not to do that today. I'm going to try and just uh, take whatever criticism we get um, with, uh, with good cheer. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to get any criticism, except for this first one. <laughs> the title is Could Be Better. Oh. Would Be a Lie. Hey! Hey! This is a five-star rating, all right? In high school in the early 2000s, I had a classmate who had a tattoo of Conan on her rump cheek. Naturally, I thought she was crazy. Turns out she knew a great comedian decades before I did. The podcast is awesome. It's really sweet. How do you feel about your name on a rump cheek? Uh, yeah. Many fans have tattoos. A lot of women have tattoos. 
I'm, I'm talking about not a lot of women in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, just of the Conan fans. Uh, and uh, I'm always sort of have mixed feelings about it. Um, I have talked younger fans out of doing it. Mm-hmm. I draw a little Conan caricature and I've had them ask me, oh, can you draw that on my arm? And then I'm going to go from here. I'm talking about women that are, you know, 18, 19. Mm. And I, I'll say, uh, I'd, I'd rather you didn't do that. I don't think you should mark up your body with my face. Mm. Um, I think it's cool. Well, I'm, I have a hard time with, do you understand how it would make me feel uncomfortable? Yeah. I do, but they're a fan of yours. People get tattoos of bands and stuff. Yeah, but I could do something awful in like a month. Yeah. And then, <laughs> do you know true. what I mean? No, it's true. I could... <laughs> Completely. So many celebrities now, so many celebrities, let's face it, uh, they're beloved for one reason or another for their work, and then suddenly they're in prison. Yeah, you know someone's got a Bill Cosby tattoo. Well, I wasn't going to say that. Or but a Weinstein tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Those were big. In the yeah, 90s. Weinstein tattoos were huge yeah. for a while there. Yeah. Uh, by, and, by nature of the man, they are huge. And, uh, <laughs> it's a full body tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, had a Trump tattoo uh, done in the 80s just because I was a fan of his real estate acumen. <laughs> uh, and then now, uh, you know, now I don't know what to say. But so things can change and I could snap at any time. I could snap at any time and commit atrocious uh, crimes. If if nothing has happened yet, I think you're good because you've, you've done a lot of awful things. Like you've said awful things. What are you talking about? To the people who work awful. for you. Oh, stop! And you people keep... love you even more. And I've said awful things to the people. Uh, no, you who know work what I mean. Like a lot you of know, it recorded on this podcast. Yeah, no, you know what I mean. Yeah. This is called good-natured give and take. Yeah. I give, you take, <laughs> <laughs> and you better be good-natured about it, or it's out the door and no paycheck for you. I just can't imagine the scandal that you're you would be embroiled uh, in. Yeah. But I, I don't think know. it's going to be. Uh, I, I you know. Oh, Conan stole some ancient Flemish armor <laughs> and uh, from a museum. There's a, there's a, there's a, yeah. actually an armor museum in Worcester, Massachusetts, and you know Conan stole some of the Flemish armor. Um, it, that my crime when it comes out is going to be weird like that, but it's yeah. still going to be a crime. And people with my tattoo are going to wish they hadn't have it. Mm. But I'm very, I think it's very erotic that someone had it on their rump. Yeah, and rump is such an interesting word choice too. Yeah. What, rump, why does that feel like lower butt cheek to me, like just under the shelf? Jesus Christ, get your hands out of your pants. <laughs> You're such an f- animal. Do you have tattoos? Not a one. You? No, no none. Yeah, you have a tattoo of Adlai Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one that's known who he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a tattoo? I do not have a tattoo. If you had to get one, what would you get? Uh, probably the cast of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> what? Just to throw people off. No. Yeah. And Come I would, on. Yeah, I would. Um, like how big, standing in a line or yeah, what? Yeah, covered the whole chest. Are they on a little island? You know what? I will say this. We have a writer on the show who's very talented writer who has tons and tons of tattoos, and he's always getting more of them. And I had this thought recently, which is, at the end of the day, you're just entertaining the coroner. <laughs> <laughs> Like the coroner's like, all right, what are we doing today? Yeah. Now, this is many years from now, I hope. This is someone I really care about. But they pull back the sheet and, oh, hey, look. And it's like a magazine. Yeah. And instead of before they cut the chest open and whatever, they do when they're You're doing- assuming they die of an unsolved mystery? <laughs> most people, most, most of the writers on my show will die under somewhat sordid circumstances. But you know what I mean? While they're investigating the autoerotic uh, asphyxiation- Oh, no. 
no. or the drowning in molasses, uh, you know, uh, they're going to have something to look at and go, oh, look, there's R2-D2 holding a Corona. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's... You just made me realize I want a tattoo. Yeah, that's an actual real tattoo, by the way. That um, the writer has? No, no, not, oh. not the writer. He would get it if he had thought of it, but... Uh, <laughs> We did our tour back in 2000, our 2010 tour. Uh, a guy working on my crew went, hey, Conan, I finally got my dream tattoo. Check it out. And it was R2-D2 holding a Corona. Holding with a little robot arm? With, with like, the little arm like that goes comes like, out? The yeah, little, little arm that comes out and goes bloop and rotates and mysteriously solves every problem in the script. Well, we don't oh, have look. to get a commentary on the Star Wars problems out of this. Just, you know, take it easy. It's a sensitive time right Ooh, now. Okay, you just right, triggered you know. Matt. Jesus, oh my easy. God. Wow. I've never seen a beard sweat. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's stay on topic here before yeah. you go down your uh, Star Trek wormhole. Okay. Um, Star Wars. Same thing. Anyway, oh! now, we'll, now watch the comments fly You in. just lost half your listeners. <laughs> oh, please. Half? Well, the half the world Star Trek, half the You know, the I like to say Star that Wars. people, may the force be with you and prosper. <laughs> you mix those two up, you know? Yeah. Live long and prosper. Sona's looking at me like she doesn't understand. No, I know. I don't uh, know. So anyway. Did you uh, want me to laugh? <laughs> Yeah. Well, when I look at you and I hold up my left thumb, that usually means laugh. Oh, that's so sad. You be cute. Anyway, uh, I wonder how the woman is who has the Conan on her butt cheek. Has she been okay with that decision? Or do you think she's had it removed? Or has she had the tattoo altered to be another celebrity who's probably worn better over time? Slight adjustments. Can't you just accept? Slight adjustments to my face would make a Brad Pitt tattoo. Mm. Oh, when I mean slight, I mean a complete removal and a re-inking of Brad Pitt. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Beckton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.